Watch out! It's a fury of teas! I certainly don't know what that means. But I'll tell you what I do know, guys. Tea Fury is the original pop culture t-shirt destination selling unique designs every day since 2008. You can snag their shirts for only 24 hours, starting at midnight. Hey, 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 you! Missing a shirt from the past and want to get it again? Head to the T-Fury Gallery, where you can buy some old designs still in print and vote on others to come back from the dead. You know, I like to say zombie style. Every two to four weeks, T-Fury adds more designs to their gallery, so be sure to keep an eye out for the return of your favorite shirts. T-Fury shirts cover all your favorite topics and fandoms. They got everything from gaming, sci-fi, anime, TV, movies, pop culture, and more. Their T-shirts change daily, so check back as often as you'd like. Also, feel free to get a life if you're not able to uh, check in that much. I don't think anybody's going to hate you for it. Also, don't forget about the T-Fury after-hour sale. If you miss the day's shirt by only a little, they heat the sale going into the wee hours of the morning just for you check out tfury.com backslash nerdist and see what today's shirt is all about guys that is advertising hey guys welcome to episode 96 of the jv club i just uh, inwardly gulped when i said 96 because i we're just drawing so close to the 100th episode and i just don't have anything planned at all <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not supposed to dread it. I'm supposed to celebrate it. Anyway, I'll tell you what I will celebrate is this wonderful podcast chat I just had with Caitlin Gill. Um, she is a San Francisco-based comic. She is a uh, soon-to-be LA-based comic. She is a marvelous writer, and um, we'll talk about it more on the podcast, but uh, as you'll hear, she's in very high demand among um, basically all the comedians that uh, are uh, maybe a little bit better known Um for whatever reason, out in the in the comedy world, uh, people that you love love Caitlin, which means that you will also love Caitlin. Um, I thought it was a really great, thoughtful discussion. Hopefully, I didn't monopolize it too much, and um, just an all around uh, great lady. So I invite you in to enjoy her wonderfulness. Um, I'll tell you what else I'll celebrate. You guys. I do have a few shout outs. Very behind per usual, but uh, I want to thank Tiana for her wonderful email. Um, she came to one of the shows that I performed in at Sketchfest, the realist real housewife show that I was in with Natasha Legero and June Raphael and Morgan Walsh and Danielle Schneider. And as I'm saying that, I realize that every single one of those people has done the podcast. So that makes me very happy. Um, and the wonderful Mark Evan Jackson and Nick Thune. That was a blast. Uh, but Tiana, thank you so much for uh, your wonderful email. Christopher, uh, a longtime listener of the podcast, I met at the Cal Academy of Sciences when I was doing Jackie Cation's podcast, Dark Forest, which I will be doing Dark Forest again, I think. Um, just one-on-one -on -one with Jackie. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then on the Nerdist page for Maria Thayer, I wanted to thank PJ, I'm Different, Andrew F., Amy, Alex, Scott B., Jenny, PJ, Bronwyn, and Meg. And one of the things that I love about this one is that uh, who knew that a conversation about apples would be what monopolized the Nerdist comments, but a lot of feelings about apples, very positive ones, a lot of listing of apples. And then also the Smurfs, the Smurfs, the Shroomps, and the Schlumpfs were uh, a hot topic, hot topic on Nerdist. Um, to answer your question about where I heard about the Smurfs being called the Shroomps, when I was in Paris over Christmas, uh, I was doing this. You know what? I can't even get into it right now, guys. I'm going to have to stop myself. I'll tell you about it uh, with a guest because it's a much longer story. So sorry to entice you with that and then um, leave you hanging. I hope nobody loses sleep over this. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody. And then Joseph, I, I wanted to thank you specifically. You always say something that makes me laugh in the in when you send me an email or a comment. And, and one of the things that he said was that when I say stuff like, uh, when I'm talking to a guest and I've already talked about something on the podcast before, I say, this these guys know all about this. And Joseph said that he knows I'm talking about you guys who are listening, but that he likes to imagine that I have like just a huge array of stuffed animals <laughs> like laying out on the couch or something and uh, and i'm gesturing at them because i'm a crazy person that's not so far out of uh, the realm of possibility anyway guys last week of Sketchfest coming up uh anybody who still wants to jump on a plane and come out i welcome you to do so i'll be performing on a couple of shows this weekend uh gabe i hope you make it and your plane actually takes off um if so i'll see you at the festival and uh the rest of you talk to you next time now entering Nerdist.com. Crawling right up inside it. Inside it. I'm inside it. We're in now. We are in it like when you like they we're in it to win it, but we're also in it like Luke Skywalker is inside the innards of that creature. So much. Yeah, we are. You are in a view. I didn't know when you told me to meet you in this field. (laughs) Yeah, this snowy field. I didn't realize uh, that you had slaughtered one of Golden Gate Park's buffalo, and that you were intending on this very cold. That I wanted to nestle into it, nestle inside of it. I I thought it was a weird choice. You'll meet me at three thirty in the morning at the Buffalo Paddock in Golden Gate Park. But I will say it's warm in here, and the acoustics. Our choice. Aren't they wonderful? I mean, it is super subtle. You might hear some last death rattles. But, you know, it's it it was pretty much done. I don't want you to worry about it if you do. I don't want you to give it another thought. How rare are buffalo in San Francisco anyway? Your listeners should be aware that no buffalo were harmed in the making of this podcast. That's true. Everything that Caitlin's saying is a lie. In fact, we're we're sitting in my hotel hotel room. room. (laughs) It's Um, it's morning. And the buffalo was dead when we found it. It was. (laughs) really warm. I mean, so we got there in time. It was still warm. So it was a fresh death. Why are there shout buffalo there? Buffalo. I know. <laughs> Major shout out. How do, why are there buffalo in Golden Gate Park? I don't know. Why don't There's I know some that? kind of plaque that I haven't read. That, right? uh, I just rode past the buffalo. on my bike. I could have just read the plaque. Instead, I was like, someone but will tell me this. I also ride by it on my bike. Yeah. So I, I was not aware that, uh, I mean, I never stop. I don't. I, yeah, yeah, I don't either. Even for the signs that tell me to. Uh-huh. So right, I. Right. Uh, Were yeah. those jerks that really, make drivers oh, hate man. bikes? Yeah, I know. I try to do that. It's the worst when you're riding really early in the morning or really late at night. It's oh, yeah. just really hard to stop. I for do those. not. I, I am ashamed to admit, and I don't like admitting, because I do know that it makes cars hate me. But the problem is, is that, and maybe I've said this on the podcast before, but I, I, I am a jerk no matter what I'm doing. If right. I'm in a car, I'm a jer- I, hate I, hate every, I hate pedestrians and cyclists. <laughs> Absolutely. If I'm in a, right? Yeah. It's so easy to convert immediately into the person that's like, that cyclist is going to get killed. I'm going to be the one that kills it. This is terrible. Yeah. And then I'm on my bike and I'm like, listen, it feels safer to me to coast through the stop sign because this that. person is behind me and I and feel like they're going to hit me. Yeah. yeah. If I don't just like, so it's a, it is a weird series of like explaining things to yourself, no matter whether you're on. And then when I'm on foot, I hate cyclists. 
<laughs> Those are dangerous collisions. I know. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I will resolve the buffalo thing by saying I have no idea why they're there. Uh, but in the car, I forgive myself. Like, I feel like uh, when I'm a pedestrian, it's legitimately unsafe and my rage is justified. And that's right. also true when I'm a cyclist because I'm unsafe and it's much faster. Like, yes. I'm yes. unsafe faster. Yeah, it's so, especially <laughs> in San Francisco. I mean, I guess in LA too, but um, I stopped riding like on the city streets in LA because I did have a bike accident last year and, um, and it was bad. And sometimes I do flash back to it and I'm so, so grateful terrifying. that there aren't a bunch of cars around me. But up here, yeah, you're really aware of how much of your body is exposed but like you're just on the road with uh cars like yeah. at least when you're a pedestrian you're on a sidewalk when you're ugh. yeah on the bike it's 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 raw up here it's oddly raw. i'm more afraid of la because i feel like the drivers are less aware of cyclists i don't disagree with that but i don't disagree here it's definitely a it's combative uh it's getting better the last few years with a bunch of bike lanes i'm sure oh this is gosh, fascinating, so fascinating listening to any anybody who's not in san francisco yeah, but these guys are if you come love. to visit yeah uh, it's much uh, more fun to cycle here there are huge lanes yeah they really have messed done. up traffic that have definitely improved cycling so they've done some great. good stuff i completely but agree i'm always delighted and surprised but still scary my rage in the car totally unjustified i am such a ragey driver and it's i feel like i channel all of life's useless anger <laughs> I, I feel like i just let it flow yeah. while driving like yeah. i don't I, it's such a i love it, the expression all of life's place. useless anger is I, I, quite wonderful yeah it's isn't and it's <laughs> funny that it's it came so easily mm. you yeah know, it felt so natural yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I get my eyebrow plucking my nose picking and my ambient rage done in the car i just try to do all of those things there you know what the, you're not wrong about any of those and i feel i've witnessed many many a uh-huh. person also living that you life forget in the that car you're, it's a very it's such a visible it's still very much exposed I'm, you know, I'm in the car alone no yeah. you are you are very you are, much with <laughs> the people of the public when you're in your car caitlin yeah, and they the can all see your picking, tweezers but like that i don't i guess as a woman i don't begrudge god oh you're so unclassy compared to i mean i'm i don't know if you've listened to the podcast before but mm-hmm. i am always all over the place by the way uh, i am a fan and indeed i feel honored to be in the company oh, of listen, your guests i'm so quite proud a pleasure. to welcome Thank you, very you. Much. so proud to welcome you in but um in terms of meandering all over the place mm-hmm. i was watching come on I, I gotta just say it. yes i was watching downton abbey uh you can own that you know i mean we're all it's just like, it's not even cool to like it anymore because everyone loves it so much. But, you know, I, I still watch it. And I was thinking about one of the many... I was just... I think I was just observing how the women sit so primly. Oh. You're seated uh, in a way that... and Well, I guess you wouldn't even be able to cross your legs. You would need to cross your ankles back in the day. That's true, yes. But I, I usually sit there. like, you know, a dude. I have such a wide even stance. Even in, in a dress, like in my hotel room, yeah. I realize that I'm just sitting like a slob with like, you know, a, my dress open. Listen, this is, guys, not sexy. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> I was thinking about oh. like how much of my attitude I would have to adjust in terms of how just how used to like the casualness men and women of our times and how incredibly prim they used to be and then that leads me to the next like what are we going like if it seems like every generation is shocked when they're aged when they're elderly they're all shocked and you do see this sort of progression of casualness happening I had the where I went when I was watching Downton Abbey was like, what? 
how far away are we from me being like, I mean, I can't believe that guy just came all over that girl's stomach in the park in front of everyone. You would never be able to do that when you were, when I was that age. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, how, there, what's left? I don't, you know, how much further can it, can it excel? But I feel like, hey, I, I don't know. There, at some point there had to be a ramp up to that kind of classiness. Like, I, I, I wonder what it was like for the generation that was slovenly that was shocked in reverse where it was That's like i can't point. believe these kids in their ruffles that's a like, good point. You know, I had rags to, when I was a kid, exactly, and I was happy were with those lump- rags. But I don't, I don't know. I, I guess in reverse, I don't, I don't know how much more you could stretch an earlobe before I'm going to be shocked by it. And right? I'm not sure what active. I mean, I live in San Francisco. I don't know what kind of actor carnality I could witness in public yeah. that I would now be shocked by. Yeah. Like if the world became the Folsom Street Fair, I guess I would be a little bit. Uh, rattled. That's a right. lot of pee you have to walk around <laughs> in. But I mean, that's just still. I don't know. I don't know. Where are we going? I mean, maybe we're the generation that's going to do the ramp up. I was thinking, then I started thinking that too. I was thinking to myself, like, buttoning up a little bit more. I'll be an old lady with a full sleeve of tattoos. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you kids. Yeah. And your clean faces. You're so, like, a la. Where's your teardrop? We'll never know how many people you killed. Exactly. You know, that's, I can't, yeah. Why do you guys keep that to yourself? I think that's a, I think, I guess I'm waiting for that slash wondering about that too. And also like, I just hope I get old. I know. Right. I mean, there is also that as we get on our bicycles and traffic, but yeah, I, I do. And then, but then that feels scary too, because part of me does feel like, I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind if like we ruffled up a little bit. And then I think like, oh no, does that make me like a conservative Republican? Like, am I, I don't know. As long as, you know, people can still do it to who they want or marry them. Yeah. I guess, I guess if that's the world, maybe that is what we're heading for. If marriage yeah. is the equality we're fighting for, perhaps this is indeed the that's priming true. up you're looking maybe for. That's true. Maybe it is. Who knows? You're right. Because I wouldn't ever enforce, like, I'm not saying I want it to happen. I want it to happen organically. I don't right. need it. To, and I, by the way, don't even. But but if it was, if everything was about to turn into Folsom Street Fair, I guess I would hope for organically more decorum to return before it slipped down that way into Literally insanity. It's, it's a very slippery, <laughs> slippery. Place. There's so many bodily so fluids. Lo- it's, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't want it to be a situation where like I'm enforcing that on someone like with a dress code and right. this sort of, you just kind of want it to be like the, the, the sign of the culture. This sort of going, hey, what if we... What if we all wore really uncomfortable clothes? No, I don't want that either. Yeah, I just hope we move toward a pajama lifestyle. That's kind of what I mean. Actually, I hope you're we not wrong. It's that. not. I mean, I'm basically wearing pajamas. Cool we're both basically wearing pajamas right now. Wearing, I'm wearing fashionable pajamas. Oh, best, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I aim for. I get a lot of I get this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my clothing strategy. Is much more like comfort function and then hope that form follows. Like I, I just completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, remind me now because yes. I this. Uh, Remind me now, did you, have you, I feel like I've just been at other comedy festivals with you and I told myself that you had moved out of San Francisco and then back or did you? uh, I didn't move and move back. I've been uh, in LA a lot just because it's so easy and close, but I'm actually relocating. These are my last couple of months in San Francisco Uh, and I technically live in Oakland. Shout out East Bay. Shout uh, out East Major shout out East Bay. Yeah, I got to reload. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Um, but this has been the best place. And you are coming down to LA. Yes. Yeah. LA is just. Francisco loses another luminary. Well, another I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be far away. And uh, comedy is kind of my only job right now, and the Bay Area keeps that possible. So yeah. I'll still be here a lot uh, because there's a lot of stage time, and a lot of it has kept me afloat. So. Yeah. 
Uh. Side note, uh, and I hate to say this because this is just a sad reality, but I told Paul F. Tompkins at one point that he had the most shows at the festival. That is definitely not true. You had the most shows shows at the festival. festival. Was it like it was eleven the last time I counted? But I think you got added to something after that. (laughs) Which means you're in very high demand because these are yeah these are people. You know, when we give uh, showrunners lists of, of comedians that are um, that are around or that are available and stuff, they have uh, their choice of like a bunch of people from out of town and stuff. And it, it has no bearing on any of that. It's, it's straight up. Everyone always is like, definitely want Caitlin on the show. That's um, and we just there was a point at which I think we were like, should we tell some people like she's doing too many things? And they're like, ah, no, let's just let her be on everything. It so it's a, like the it's Caitlin Gill awesome. Comedy Festival now. It's uh, been a little crazy. Um, um, it's been the kind of, uh, I felt, um, I mean, I'm very tickled by it. Tickles not even enough. I've, I'm incredibly like, it's it feels good to have your peers oh, it's crazy good. Well, ask for you by name, right? Of course. I, I feel like I've only done a couple of regular sets. They've all been shows that have, I've been writing for or at, uh, either like, you know, competitive erotic fan fiction, uh, another amazing podcast, uh, like, uh, for Porchlight, I wrote, uh, I, I revamped a story I've used like one other time, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Iron Comic is like my favorite thing to do ever. Oh, uh, so Iron great. Comic's just the best. And Speechless, I did last night where you get a PowerPoint presentation you, you give. I wanted, I, they asked me if I wanted to do that. So I should have. It was so fun. Um, but doing things like that are, to me, the most entertaining performances uh so it's been i mean a huge compliment to be added to these shows and they've been so much fun so fun i do love getting the push to have to create something new yeah and the i know that i am funnier on stage or with a microphone than i am just you know kind of personally so it's very exciting (laughs) it's just exciting as a you know it recharges some comedy battery in me where i just know to trust myself it gives me more it lets me take bigger risks on stage for the rest of the year when i do these kind of shows you know it's a great way to start sketchfest is always a great way to start the year but packing it with shows like this is going to be a good foot forward just because i you know i'll trust my instincts because i just had to use only for a month even those muscles are working yeah well to speak a little bit to what you just said to kind of if I might pry, as this Please. is a very prying pry podcast, away. I might as well get call in. this the JV pry. We are inside of Buffalo. Um, so. We are inside of Buffalo. It doesn't get much more intimate than that. Um, but when you talk about that, when you what, what, just to call out what you just said about being feeling like you shine on stage, you know, there are some people that obviously we all talk about like this person's always on or this person um, has a big personality mm-hmm. uh, off stage, and then there are performers who definitely aren't you know loud in the crowd, but then get up on stage and kind of find their voice. Is that something that has always been true for you, like as a teenager and? Yeah, I think it is. I do remember the first laugh I got on stage, and I've been hooked since then. So I know that there's a way, there's something about that communication between an audience and myself and laughter that feels very natural and feels very comfortable. Uh, and I don't get that same buzz from regular conversation, certainly. Interesting. So uh, I, I do um, uh, appreciate that environment, and it is a place where I find my voice i suppose uh not just my stage voice but my personal voice definitely is kind of working out how to get that response on stage yeah um and relating to people in that way makes me feel more successful at relating to people than i do in almost any other Uh context what were you Um, like when you were when you were uh an 
troubled adolescent. I just like to assume everyone was troubled. I, you're not wrong about that. Not entirely. Uh, I was, um, I, I I'm, was quick witted, I guess, but also sort of a sad sack and a weirdo. And uh, I had uh, a lot of my feelings and all of my feelings were delicious. I definitely, I carried another small person uh, <laughs> on my person at that time. I got hit by a car, lost 100 pounds, and that kind of changed everything. That, Whoa, when did that happen? That, I was just, I was 16. All right, we got to back this up. I know. (laughs) Straight away. Where where, where were you a teen? The timeline, uh, oh, I was a teen in Napa. Um, And I was always kind of a a weird kid. And then uh, my parents split and I got weirder. Brothers, Um, sisters? No, just me. Which helps with the weirdness. Yep. Um, Ditto. And, you know, brainy, but socially inept. Uh, and then, like, they have better words for that now. But I, And I'm sure one of them would have been applied. Right. Uh, but I was just, you know, that kid. Uh, I skipped kindergarten because I could read, but I repeated third grade because I couldn't divide or talk to people. So those were the, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I ran into. Interesting. Uh, and I kept uh, kind of the weird streak going through high school. And like I said, just sort of ate up all my feelings and kind of topped the scales out. Uh, and then had, um, <laughs> as the story goes, I went to this, con- you, you know, the Bay Area well enough to know BFD, the concert yeah. event that Live yeah. 105 puts on at the start of the summer. It was like, like, it's a very cool thing if you are a teenager to get sure. to do. So I went to do it and it was a great concert until after the concert, uh, we went to get Taco Bell, uh, exited the van in the Taco Bell parking lot, piled back into it. There was an extra person. One of us had to sit on the floor. I, of course, shuffled my heavy self back to the van last and uh, sat my sad self down on the floor of the van with like its sliding door open. Uh-huh. So my feet were on the ground and then the van started moving uh-huh. and it just ran over both my legs. Uh, so oh, that, shit. Uh, it was the, <laughs> it actually ran over one leg and then stopped on the other one. And my best friend who was driving got out of the van, ran around the back of the van to see what had happened. And I looked up at him and I said, "Uh, my leg is broken. Please move your car. And then I had to get back in the car, move it off of my leg. Um, But they fixed it. You know, they yanked it back in place. uh, And then I was on crutches for like a really long time. And I didn't actually lose a ton of weight right away. I had surgery a year later to repair what hadn't been fixed and uh, wound up... um, in tough physical therapy after that and just sort of my mentality also changed at that same time where I sort of saw my body only in comparison to other people's bodies and mine Mm. never looked like amazing soccer girls or they never looked like cool cheerleader girls. Like I just never looked like that. So I just assumed that my body was broken and then Mm. I broke my body and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Like, your body's cool because it works. Yeah. So I just did stuff yeah. with my weird body. Um, and I, uh, it changed my mentality enough where I was just more active naturally and then physical therapy and then also Vicodin being an appetite suppressant and eating it. I just lost a whole ton of weight and I started feeling a lot better about myself. But now I, I appreciate my aesthetic in a in a much deeper way. Like I know I'm a beautiful woman, but I also know I look really funny and uh, I have to be careful with that because it can be off putting. This isn't a self deprecating comment. I have a hilarious body. It's big in the perfect places to be funny. These long tapery fingers, this little tiny head. Like there's just ways that I can hold myself to get a laugh. And that's so much fun. 
I mean, for what I what I do. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to where I started this long thing on the way I fit in naturally on stage, the way how it feels to make people laugh and connect with people. It feels great to use my body that way. Sure. Uh, so there's the appreciation just for the way I look. I think it's great. You know, I, everybody wants to, you know, maybe I should jog more, whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome, too, that I know what's funny about it. And I love using that stuff. Yeah. But some of that stuff are, are, is a little sensitive. Not everybody's comfortable. I was joking around. It ha- It's happened enough that I'm aware not to do it anymore. But there's a sort of a horde of female comedians right now that if you put me in the right outfit, I look like the giant them. Uh, and I, 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 that cracks me up. I, I love the idea that I could just be Natasha Legero's Hodor. Like just follow her around in a fur. <laughs> Fancy. She's a- She's a small lady, but I'm the giant. It's so funny yeah. that I'm inflate. I'm the if I'm the enormous blow up doll of her. Right, it just right. Crack, that notion cracks me up. But that's also me saying like I look big. You right, like right. It's a careful line where like no, I'm not saying I'm the fat you. I'm saying it's hilarious that yeah. I'm giant and you are tiny. Yeah, and in a fur, I might pull off you. right. <laughs> always in a fur. Our dear Natasha, always in a fur. Um. Yeah, that's an interesting. Those are those are really tricky, interesting lines, on and off stage. Right? Is like, it's really hard to marry like self confidence with an awareness of other people's perceptions of how we look. Yes, with being a woman because that's it's so it's still not it's like it Man. feels so different for a guy to make fun of his weight than it does for a woman so much. even if they could say the exact same thing with the exact same tone the yep. exact same intent people are because our society's so fucked up and because we're so weight conscious and mm-hmm. like is it is it you know like is it still pc to laugh about being fat versus like you can't laugh about being gay and you get the sort of like whatever the temperature is in terms of what's okay yep all of that stuff is still very much like it's just very textured and it's it's hard to know like even trusting my own instincts like how much of this am i owning or am i pretending to own like which clearly i feel like you do you do and you're having those conversations with the audience as well and like sort of understanding the relationship as a comedian too where they're participating back at you it's not just you recording a video and putting it up on youtube talking (laughs) Mm -hmm. about your body it's like in the moment you're getting a sense of what people are willing to accept or not accept about that too and what they see and what they don't see Mm -hmm. uh and and understanding all that I mean, I would say the first five years of me doing comedy was all about trying to figure out what they see when they look at me. Because again, I understand people better on the stage than I do off. I don't always pick up what people see about me first or last or what their impression is. But you definitely feel that when you're on stage and learning how to navigate that, uh, explore it and then kind of write in it and yeah. perform in it has been incredible just well that's, that's in life what Arden it's was been saying amazing too. i'm so fascinated by she's the best female comedian she's another too, one i would like to totally for yeah. i would totally uh just throw me in a wig and i could follow her around with fancy water fantastic yes fantastic she cracks me up that yeah she's she's up. amazing but yeah she's she was amazing. talking about the too. i can't remember if she was talking about it on the podcast or if we were just talking about it when we were hanging out but that idea of like um yeah finding out how people are going, what they're going to accept out of your mouth and what somebody else might be able to get away with or whatever and sort of understanding and that that's this constant checking in with your 
identity in mm-hmm. a, in a, in a way that those of us who I, again it's I get, I just get excited about especially stand up I get excited about why to me this podcast makes sense is just that the sort of microcosm version of like we're all on stage all the time in society and mm-hmm. in our peer groups and when we meet strangers but like you have chosen something that takes that to this completely other level that's just a very larger than life version the craziest extreme of it too it's version. Not like we wrote a play <laughs> it's not like we learned to, to play the guitar although maybe you play guitar but we yeah. ju- it's just us you know it's only the microphone and the oh, audience yeah. and that's it yeah so we really want we must be thirsty for that kind of filterless look at what people see yeah but i'm not like because i can't do stand up oh, i can't like i don't but you're such a natural you're a performer just so naturally well, thank you, I guess, but like, I, but to me that the and I'm sure the tipping work. point. I'm not saying like this. You well, don't. You didn't even do anything for that. <laughs> yeah. But no, but like I'm very lazy. You know, stand up seems so hard to me in comparison to just going and like doing improv or whatever because it is like I can rely on all these people who are all funnier than me and they'll make me look funny and I don't have to you know whatever I'm exposing about myself may or may not be true. Like improv is great because you can sort of, I think my friend Jessica Makinson, who's in theme park this weekend Mm -hmm. with me is really good. She's on the podcast is really good at that with me too, which is like, we love pulling up real issues that we've even had over the course of that day. If Mm -hmm. something happened that we both understand happened, um, not between us, but just like, you know, those moments during the day where you're like, Oh, that kind of, hurt my feelings when that guy said that to me we will fully bring that up organically on stage but like nobody ever knows that it's based in reality it could just be a scene out of nowhere that's meaningless yeah yeah and uh and that's just different than you know the really great comedy that i enjoy most which is like pulling from personal experience and like the humanity of it all i don't know so okay so you got hit by a car the car that you were in uh-huh. um yes. i got hit by the car i was in uh, uh self-contained self-contained accident <laughs> um how oh god yeah so and i lo- but i do want to go back to what you said about understanding your body differently because i do think that that's so precious and important for us all to bear in mind and i don't mean that in like a chidey mom way but I think that checking in with the fact that, you know, like, okay, well, today my butt feels really big because I was eating my feelings. And, you know, I think men and women all go through that. Either that or you're drinking your feelings or you're Mm -hmm. having sex with somebody you don't know your feelings Mm -hmm. or you're smoking your feelings or whatever. Um, Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have so many options. Um, I'm but like, fucking a bag of kettle chips uh, that's behind your head right now. I, I see you oh, yeah, barbecue. I think, I'm just kidding. I don't yeah, want those. those I don't are, want those. Uh, those are those are so delicious. Um, there is a bag of pet kettle chips. Uh, there, there definitely are. There definitely and are. And you can feel my eyes. Oh Sorry. yeah, girl, it's blushing. It's blushing. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, just to sort of. I mean, I hate to say it, it's like the it's this is this this is it's a super like preachy kind of children are starving in Africa that your mom would say to you version of but it's kind of real thing like when you kind of take a step and go yeah but like I'm walking yeah and my big butt is walking me to this store that I I can do that you know and That's, that's kind of a I don't know like why not not take that for granted there's no loss in appreciating that 
Oh, and so much to gain in appreciating it. And I think uh, I do get down on myself about my body. I've gained a bunch of weight in the last year. So it's a current issue that I, I notice it. I feel it in places. Yeah. Um, but I also know that all I have to do is be active a little bit for a little while for my perspective to get tilted back to the right place where I'm just so thankful that it's capable still. Sure. And all I want to do is improve its capabilities. And if I try to work out thinking I want my butt to get smaller, I will be miserable and yes. I will stop. Yes. But if I, if I do put, keep my perspective on just being impressed that my body can do stuff, I will try harder and I will do more. And it's so dumb that it's that simple, but it is that simple. And positive feedback loops are something that I'm really trying to spend more time in because I've been so good at the negative feedback loops that the positive ones take more work, but they're still loops. And once you're in them, you're in them. I agree. Uh, and I think if I keep my head on right, uh, I don't even notice that I lose a ton of weight. I also am six one and just sort of, I've I'm never... I have wide set hips. I'm never going to be like that small. I'm not looking to be, right. but I will... My body will change without me noticing. I can gain and lose 20 pounds in a month without yeah. me taking stock of that. Yeah. Um, but I do notice when it's easier for me to run upstairs, whether I'm 20 pounds heavier than I was last month or not. Sure. So as long as I keep my head on capability, I don't care what I don't care where the numbers are. Yeah. And you can see it in my face, you know, that yeah. it, how you hold yourself determines what you look like. Absolutely. Uh and if I took a jog today, I would hold myself on stage like I looked like a million bucks, um, even though my weight doesn't change. One workout doesn't change your that's weight. A great, it that's such a great point. Up. It changes the way you hold your face, you know? That's such a great point. I love what you said about the whole positive loop idea. Like Because I, I think a lot of us focus on our body image based on punishment yeah and so it does become sort of Disturbing like you are gonna run up these stairs because you are a fat ass yeah instead of like you know you know what i'm gonna go for a bike ride because it's gonna feel really good to go for a bike ride yeah and i'm gonna feel better and also like if i don't go for a bike ride you know what this is the best i can do right now yeah for whatever place i'm in whatever that means whatever's going on that i've gained the weight or i've lost the weight I just need to tell myself, like, I'm doing the best I can. You know, if I'm eating more or if I'm eating my feelings more and I'm aware of it and I'm having the conversation with myself that's gentler than, you know, yeah. what are you doing? Fuck are you? Yeah, if it's just more another... just like, you know what, Janet, you're doing. Look at all these other things you've got going on in your life. Yes. Like, no surprise. Hey, big surprise. <laughs> big surprise that you're letting this happen. And to your point, like, you can also make it unhappen. You can mm -hmm. do the other thing and then you can, you know, and maybe something else slips. Because you're, you know, making sure that you take that hour a day to get your exercise. But then maybe this other thing, it's not perfect right now. But like, you're doing the best you can. We're all, if, if, we, if we just kind of take it easier on ourselves and go, hey, you're doing the best you can. Yeah. Like, we're not, you shouldn't be in a relationship so that you have someone to tell you that. We should just be in the relationship with ourselves that yeah. we tell ourselves that like the whole self-parenting thing is just becoming is like broadening and becoming more and more clear to me as i get older like i didn't like i i have a thyroid condition i have to get blood tests i hate getting my blood drawn for me it used to be a panic attack trigger because i had one terrible experience where someone hit the wrong thing oh, and my and vial filled up with blood Ugh. and they were like they freaked ah, out so ah, i freaked ah. out yeah. so there's you have to so I sort of like tamp that down every time but it does become that kind of like 
it's such a silly thing to have to say to yourself in your own brain or even out loud, but that recognition of like, boy, nobody else is going to make me do this. Right. Yeah. I am not, I do not have a parent standing next to me driving me to the doctor's yeah. office. I got to do it myself. And it, you have to be able to hold your own hand through that kind of stuff. Uh, or it, it, you have to give yourself that kind of power. It's And it, it, that's a positive feedback loop right there. Because the one time you do go to your doctor's office and make it, it's easier the next time. And yeah. when you panic, you know, the, maybe it's hard down the road, harder than it should be. But you remember getting through it and you just kind of are able to that one foot in front of the other factor Mm -hmm. and parenting the self-parenting thing is interesting i think i had i still fight with that uh because i have a childish resistance to any kind of parenting coupled with a bit uh, with like a a nice bouquet of abandonment issues Mm. so i want it and i hate it so I, i resist it from myself in that same way where i beat myself up for not making myself do things but i also want to fuck the man even if i'm the man you know <laughs> totally. which doesn't I help think I, can, I think that might be an only child thing that could yeah especially since your parents split too yeah. like you so like me you had no siblings around no you you have no because i was just talking about this with someone i was like i think and you can tell me if you have this experience too i think i'm hyper aware of how i'm coming off with someone that i spend a lot of time with just simply because I just didn't, I mean, of course you have friends and stuff when you're younger. I mean, some, some of us do, some of us don't. I had periods of time where I didn't have as many and periods of time when I did, mm-hmm. where you are, where I had someone I could spend every day after school with, but other times when I didn't. And that sense of like, like when you're an only child and your parents aren't around that much, I feel like you really don't have that other person reflecting you back to you in the way like a sibling would yeah. or, or something like that. And so I think I overthink stuff where like a friend will be like, like if I traveled with a girlfriend, which I did for a couple of weeks, I think I got like halfway through, I got real worried about how she was doing and how she was doing with me. Like, am I being okay? Am I, am I being selfish? Is it cool? Is it it okay that I didn't want to do that thing? Or, and she was like, why are you so worried about this? And I really had that point of reckoning where I was like, you know what? I think it's because I'm so afraid that I'm self-absorbed as an only child that I like fall over myself not to be, but like somehow you're still being narcissistic because you're still preoccupied with how am I coming off right now? Am I being a good friend? Am I'm I being, this am I offering enough generosity? Yeah, yeah, yeah so. exactly. They must be spending all their time thinking about whether or not I'm being <laughs> friendly enough or if I need more time alone or they need more time alone. So it's yeah. weird because it's almost this like, yeah, it's a sort of reactive uh, codependence that it can only come out of like just being in a foreign world in a way. Like, yeah. how do I fit into this two person dynamic since I never had one? Yeah, yeah. does that it, resonate for you? Yes, it does. Um, in <laughs> in friendships and in relationships, both that uh, there's that you hit this wall of self awareness where it was not present at all, and suddenly it's the only thing present in the room where it. it, it, it it does i guess i have to kind of climb that mountain and then i know then i know we're the real kind of friend like if i can get through that moment with somebody where i become aware that they are aware of me (laughs) Um, i i I forget that you can't miss me in a room like i have a presence and i'm also uh uh i don't know acquired taste is too strong but i have a taste you know, right, and you know, yeah. it's not easy to, or it's not hard to acquire. Right. But it's, I'm, you know, 
I forget how in a room I am mm. when I'm there. Yeah, and then yeah. suddenly I'm terribly aware of it. <laughs> uh, and that's when I lose control of it. Because, you know, it's fun and easy to be around me unless I'm aware that you're around me. And then I'm just a panicked animal. Right. And I don't know what to do about it. In a relationship, I'm just starting to get those... Squ- I mean, I'm just starting to really feel that more... Um, I am in a like a, a newish relationship, but it's a good one, and it's like you know happening. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it, it's it's cool because I'm one of the greatest assets is that I don't feel self aware in it, and I haven't hit that yet, but I'm That's still so afraid great. of it. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? That's oh, so interesting. It's so interesting. So okay. So what were you when you? I mean, obviously, we know that you enjoyed going to that concert. Um, oh, what were you concert. like on a more sort of superficial level in terms of like what your interests were in that way? When um, I guess before before and after the accident. I mean, when you had all that recuperating time, was there sort of identity <laughs> stuff going on there where you were like, how do I fill? the time differently since I can't I had already found both marijuana and television so I was I had I that's filling time (laughs) (laughs) not a challenge I mean this is pre-Netflix yeah I'm like OG with this shit but uh yeah no I just um I was uh too smart and too sensitive and those aren't compliments too smart is not that hard to do and it doesn't mean that you're good at stuff uh but it, meant it just that means I could that our brains are firing out how too to many. cut corners yeah exactly i figured Completely out panic relate. attacks real young oh my that god kind of thing. you and me baby uh, yeah i were like i i was smart enough uh to do things well but not i was not wise enough to have any context for anything like my first panic attack was about those CBEST tests i was like seven do you remember those bubble tests you oh, took sure that, like, sure like i think ours was the iowa test yeah yeah the so iowa test everybody takes them somehow yeah. it's your seven ish first or second grade and you fill up bubbles on a sheet yeah. and they fill it they measure some percentile exactly I had like a hyperventilating panic attack over oh. how well i was supposed to do in those yeah. which is a smart kid because i was gonna score in the 90s yeah but i'm an idiot for not realizing that that shit doesn't matter yeah. like no ability to see kind of very uh i uh i am either <laughs> a forest for the forest or i'm looking at one tree like that's it <laughs> it's like it's not forest trees plural are in my forest uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of all i got yeah uh, so i was uh a little too serious um always funny because i always see the tragedy in things mm. so it's pretty easy for me to joke about stuff there's yeah. that natural relationship sure but i have a real killjoy gene that just somewhere in my body, this gene expresses itself where I don't let fun things be fun. Like professional sports are terrible because of concussions and rapists. And like, yep. <laughs> I can't like, I can't like movies because of starving children who don't eat while I, we spend billions mm. of dollars so that robots can fight robots. Like I don't, yeah. I, I think about the starving kids while I'm watching Transformers instead of just enjoying the summer blockbuster and Shia saying, go, 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 go. Like, no, 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 uh, something shortcuts. Well, no wonder marijuana and te- I mean marijuana and television, te- television being still a thing that you can accidentally spin out on oh, if yeah, you're thinking. But Oops. but with yeah. but like yeah, sort of numbing that voice is so loud, and I yeah. completely relate to that too. Yeah. Uh, so I think when I was a kid, I was a little bit um, over serious and still. I mean, still funny, still, but uh, sensitive. Anxious, anxious. Yeah. Um, and then this terrible thing that did happen to you. Yeah. And I, I still have all those traits, of, but yeah. I wouldn't take that back. I mean, that was an important event to sort of get me back on a, you know, 
uh, a better track in terms of taking care of myself mm-hmm. um, or just being good to myself in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't re- like you don't realize how weird situations are until you're out of them. But like my mom went to seminary and then moved to Mexico and was there for like 10 years from like 12 to 22. Bye, mom. Um, and she's I mean, she did so many amazing things. Like there's more children named Jill than, you know, any other person I know. Like she has more kids named after her. More people have come out to my mother than any other person on the planet. Like she's held the hands of the dying, like babies and old people. She's like nursed people through crazy. she was like a chaplain, so like literally did that. She's done amazing things. And also I see her like once a year. So yeah. it's there's the there's this weird loop I get into where, uh, of course, that's really hard and I have difficult feelings about that, but I'm not allowed to have those feelings because she is doing amazing things. I feel like that's really common among people who very much devote their lives to charity. I think not to make you less special, for, but like frankly, for sure or art or business. Yeah, or, for sure. There's there's, you know, just heaps and heaps of examples of people that we as a culture all esteem so much and then you hear these stories from their parents or from their children that are like yeah i never really uh you know like john lennon let's just use him as an example sure everyone's like oh my god listen to his lyrics clearly he was the best human being in the world and then you have (laughs) julian lennon saying "Uh, dad who yeah you know and it really is it's so interesting to see how the kind of little the most intimate and I mean, is that a conversation you've ever had with her where she yeah. feels she has that sense of awareness of like, wow, I really have, I struggle. I with really it. put all of that motherly energy outside of my own daughter. Um, our, I mean, our whole family is intense and, and difficult and my childhood with any hardships doesn't hold a candle to what she had to deal with. So yeah. there was, um, I know I had it pretty darn good, but I also know I had to work through some stuff and I kind of, it kind of, in my mid twenties, it really started to royal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I w- w- talked to her about doing some therapy. I wound up going to a therapist we were familiar, familiar with down here. She lives in Washington state. Uh, and then she came down for one session and I mean, this is something that you get in a concentrated relationship. We were able to hash a lot of shit out in an hour. And I just got in the touch with this idea that, like, as difficult as it was for me to be away, or for me to have her be away, it was impossible for her. Like, mm. that is a well of hurt that she can't even deep into, dip mm. into. It's so deep. Like, if she falls in that hole, you don't climb out of that. That's so hard. For, on, for, that was the hardest thing for her. Yeah. Um, so it made me appreciate that we both struggle with it so I could be a little bit, I forget that. Um, That's a really good point. And the self-parenting thing kind of dawned on me. She's never going to, I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to be 12 and have mommy there. I'm not going to be 14 and have mommy there yeah. or 16 or 18. Was your, so did I your don't dad need to remarry? stay locked in 16 or 18. <laughs> I have a great stepmom. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, but a stepmom is a different family different. member. Different, different, like, different. Equal. I have three yes. parents in yes. there. It's like three legs on the stool. Yes. But your mom and your stepmom are two different characters absolutely. in your life. One does not take the place of the other. That uh, absolutely makes which sense. Which is a credit to them both. But yeah. um, in it was, uh, I was able to let go of that idea that I was going to get that back. Um, and now I try to self-parent for the things that I was sort of, you know, um, 
I would sort of self-sabotage by waiting for a parent to notice something. But like my dad is a like giant marshmallow puff. He's like, if I was in jail, my dad would be bragging about how many felonies put me behind. It's <laughs> like, that's the kind of dad. So he's not going to do it. Yeah. And mom's just not going to see it because she's not going to be there. Yeah. So I started to self parent through some of the shit that I just ignored as an adult. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's what the thirties are all about for me. Anyway, I'm 32 is yeah. just kind of getting the, getting things in track on my own terms and not expecting that of either parent, which has allowed this relationship with the two of them to really flourish. Is, I think it is very freeing. I agree with you. It's great. Not to just, you know, I, I guess I'm obviously into this. And I don't need yeah. a parent like a 12 year old does. You so don't. It's a lot easier to enjoy her. It, I completely, I mean, and then, and that's obviously that's different than people who have, you know, for those of you guys listening who have like, real conflicts like real conflicts with your parents that's different and so we all kind of have to take it from where we are and I think I spent a lot of time being very Pollyanna about stuff and you know just just having talked to Maria Thayer about like you know people that you've been in past relationships with and how much better it feels to just hold on to whatever it was that was great about Mm -hmm. that because it just feels less poisonous but ditto with parents is just kind of like like the older I get and the closer I get to the age that they were as I watched them be parents, mm-hmm. all, all those cliches are true for my young listeners. Just going to have to deal with that shit. Sorry. But uh, as close as I feel to a teenager, I also have this experience of like feeling this. I, I think when you work kind of through your stuff with your folks, not necessarily even side by side with them, but on your own as you kind of think about what your your upbringing was like and stuff and nobody has to you know you're not saying you have to live in the place where you just constantly talk about what happened when you were five nobody's (laughs) saying that um i think some of it just comes without even trying as you get older but like i feel such and i love both my parents and and i have had a very good relationship with them even though whatever my broken junk is is what Mm -hmm. it is um to feel the tenderness of when you get to the age where you're like, oh my God, like there's the age where your parents do everything right. There's the age where your parents do everything wrong. There's the age where you can't figure out if it was your fault or theirs. Mm -hmm. And then there's the age where you're like, oh my God, we're all just some people trying to fucking get it done. (laughs) Like, oh, we're just trying to do the best we can. Like, bless their hearts. Like, I have no room to be angry at my mom about how she was after my parents' divorce. I got no room for that anymore because God love her for just making it through and like not shattering into a million pieces to where she couldn't be put back together again. Not taking her own life ditto my dad like we were making the we're able to stay on this earth and like love each other mm-hmm. and that the tenderness of that is just like such a great place to arrive at where you're like oh my god so even if you know your parents do things i've got a uh, a letter from an email from a listener um whom i've corresponded with a little bit who's just you know she's she's a teenager and she's trapped in a house where her parents are still married and they are just at each other's throats all the time and it's so hard when you're you know 15 years old yeah to feel like you're a year away from being able to drive you mm-hmm. just don't have any freedom and you're she's she feels trapped as anyone would and it's so hard to to hear about that happening and to want to say like i know this is not going to help you right now but like they are just people that are fragile and hurting and 
they're not doing a great job right now, but at some point, hopefully you'll be able to just feel so sorry for them that they're doing such a crappy job now. <laughs> like yes. what you'll feel is like sympathy and empathy and you'll just be like, God, they really couldn't get it together. And yes, it did affect me, but like they're just, they are just people who are broken. Yeah. You and know? they're gonna, and you, it, it's mm, finding that it, of course, broken is terrifying. Um, but it's also, um, sort of beautiful and if you can remember i mean speaking specifically to this one listener like they're your parents you popped out of their body they love you no matter how broken they are uh and if you can find a place that's safe for you um they you're never i mean you don't ever lose their love and you have to keep yourself emotionally you know, safe and together. They're yeah. tough years that you're in the middle of too. Yeah. You know, if you're 15 and 16. It's Absolutely. It's just the hardest. I know it's the hardest, but, but I, th- I feel like there's a, the world um, is smaller and bigger at the same time. And there are so many escapes that you can find that are better ideas than uh, I feel like I had, I was lucky. And if I chose 10 things to escape with only two of them were drugs, you know, right. like, <laughs> that's a really good point there's so many things to escape in that aren't um harmful yeah and are uh and hopefully you know wonderful and it, I, I, for me i thinking about specifically that age i'm 32 now and my 20s were wasted on me um and if i but if i could take a snapshot of 32 year old caitlin's life and show it to 16 year old caitlin like that's the that is an, uh, I I fantasize that about that too much too right, much right 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 connecting with that younger person so I really hope that that's I mean don't worry it does get better fucking everything definitely so does get better. Much better I would have to agree with that I would have to agree with that um, I'm glad that you had a good stepmom that's cool yeah she that, was does, a great one. that does that does that does definitely they're, help they're awesome all the way around yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so you enjoyed marijuana and television. Oh, what I what, uh, what were your like? What what did you just love watching? Like, what were did you have? Or was it sort of an everything across the board, or uh, did you have stuff that really spoke to you? I don't think you'd be surprised by this list, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I like. I realized that I rewatch things too much, and I'm unaware of a lot of cool things that are happening, like in entertainment right now. Oh, like, because for you, example, re- you, re- you revisit the old classics. Yes, like I have not seen any of Girls, but I have seen the entirety of the Kids in the Hall catalog in the calendar year 2014. I mean, you're, Again, you are talking to someone right now who's going to encourage that kind of behavior. Exactly. No I know. I know that I'm only inviting an enabler in here. But, yeah, very much. Uh, I do so. stuff like Kids in the Hall, Mystery Science Theater 3000 are the things that I rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and never stop rewatching um but uh and then weird influences that are older like i'll never stop watching murphy brown i'll never stop watching uh, and loving uh even though it's perfectly dated it didn't age it it, it aged preposterously just right right. um but yeah i I, uh just kind of get stuck but uh then i find new stuff i love and i rewatch the living daylights out of that like every archer of course i've been like a huge adult swim fan and i like you know kind of the brainy weird animation that's been happening in the last like 15 years do you feel like the some of the stuff that you come back to over and over again is it kind of like you know because when you I'm, I'm always so interested in the way little kids can watch you know what they figured out like what is that it's either the tipping point or blink it's one of the one of those two malcolm gladwell books where mm-hmm. they talk about um the children's television workshop versus like blues clues versus like like a thing where 
somewhere along the line, someone figured out that like children of a certain age actually want to watch the same episode five days a week. Yeah. Um, that you don't have to have five different episodes five days a week, uh, which to me sounds like such a drag. But then you think about like even when you were little or, you know, when I babysat or just my friend's children's now, children's, um, how much they just want to they be in a loop about mm-hmm. something. And that, that that's part of the learning process. But then for me now, the stuff that I can come back to time and again really is like, seeing old friends like it does become especially if you're a television generation kid or you were alone a lot like i was Uh that it does become like i just need to like see my friends murphy and like you know what i mean i think that for like for the west wing that's true for me or the sex in the city even where i can sort of like put something like that on and it's like eating soup when you're sick kind of yeah absolutely kids kids in the hall is definitely a warm blanket yeah um and it, for something like Mystery Science, like, that's my background noise. It's a conversation that's happening behind me. Like, uh, you know, if it's on, I'm doing some 10 other things. Right. But I can tune in anytime. It's going to be hilarious. And I know those voices. It's like, yeah. a comfort- it's like hearing somebody, if I'm in, quote unquote, my office, it's like hearing something in the living room that's like warm and funny. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, and they're the perfect length to get a million other things done. You just put it on and two hours later, you know, hopefully you finished what you started. Right. Somebody was chattering in your, you know, metaphorical living room the whole time. I totally get it. I'm going to look at these texts just to make sure there's nothing that is an emergency. Um, I don't think there is. Uh, um, I want to play some MASH with you. Gotta do that. Gotta get into some MASH. Um... Let me think about this right now. Okay. Category one. I'm going to dive right into it. Television series that you can go into and be in in an imaginary way. In an imaginary way? Yeah. Like you suddenly can drop in and be one. Like you can hang out with the robots on Mystery Science. Or I mean, I feel like it's I just want to be. Archers Pam. Great, great. And then I need two more. Uh oh yeah, that's I, I feel like I could uh yeah, I'll go with Satellite Love. I'll go up with with Mike and Joel and the bots. Um and how about uh we'll go with uh oh god, um um I don't wanna say uh how about Masters of Sex? Oh great. So that is a new one. You're enjoying that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like I it enjoy it too, yeah. I think it's really good. It's really good. Ah, oh, they're all so great. I remember oh, when um, I, I I will say, oh, that's a good one too. You want to switch out one? Um, I, I know the series better, so yeah, sure. Let's go with Orange. Okay. Oh, orange instead of uh, Masters. Masters, got it. Um, I can now say that it's come out that um, right when I podcast Lizzie Kaplan, and uh, she had just started shooting, and I didn't know anything about the series or anything at all. But when we left, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this. She was like, well, I got to get ready to get eaten out tomorrow. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I cannot wait to find out. Uh, fond memory, fond memory. And then I saw the show and I was like, oh, yes, yes, indeed. I certainly understand what she was talking about. Um, okay. How about uh, three places that you would like, three places in the world that you would like to go bicycle riding? To go bicycle riding mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. sure um how about uh we'll go with uh ride a bike down that ridiculous verruked water slide oh um, uh, how about uh ride a bike 
Um, let's see. In the world, huh? Um, anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, we'll do one generic answer with anywhere in New Zealand. Yes, uh, good answer. Seriously, come on. Having been, I can New say Zealand. It's amazing. One hundred percent. Yes. Damn it. Oh, um, so great. And then uh, on any wire that that French dude who makes movies. Yeah. Man on the wire. I'll ride my bike on one of the man on the wire wires. Man on wire wires. Wonderful answers. Uh, okay. Um, uh, I'm going to have to go with this because I feel that you are uh, clearly, uh, we've discussed, fellow lover of delicious foods. Mm, um, delicious three foods. foods that you can scientifically convert into being super healthy. So not only do they not have any ramifications, positive or negative, it's actually like eating broccoli. Oh my God. Carbonara. Pasta great. carbonara. Great. Uh, I would absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, how about we'll go with, uh, we'll go with bread pudding, sweet or savory. Ooh. Um, um, and very then, British of you. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm a Scot and yeah, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Brian. I don't enjoy even think science could make too. that food delicious <laughs> or good for you. Uh, 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 and then, oh man, oh man. Um, how about, uh, Five Guys Burgers? Oh, oh, was, I've never had a Five Guys Burger. Uh, Where are they? My dream. <laughs> Where are they? They're kind of everywhere these days. Oh yeah? Uh, yeah. In San Francisco or everywhere? There is one in Alameda and there is Ooh. one, oh God, on the 80, I feel like Pinole or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who are these Five Guys? Uh, they're just, uh, they're Five Guys, uh-huh. I presume. Um, be weird if there were four guys it's just burgers but uh and they don't it's the menu is just burgers and fries for mm-hmm. those burgers mm-hmm. uh, but they have a long list of stuff that you can throw on there and you can just have all the things yeah so they, they don't do some fancy like that's our cowboy okay. Western burger okay. with the okay. onion so you're not getting like the monterey yeah, exactly you're just, it's you like just a build your own sandwich on your more, bur- exactly but with burgers, but with burgers. Yeah, uh, and their fries are great yeah uh, that sounds great and it's always too much uh it's always wonderful oh uh, they have peanuts delicious. they just have Peanuts there for you to eat, throw in the shells, shell? wherever. Yeah, yeah peanuts I gotta on the tell shell. you, I you don't like was that? just no. I was just okay. talking about that with someone. I said, "Is there anything better than a bag of peanuts, <sighs> right, in a shell?" I love it all. Yeah, I don't even mind when you get a little bit of the shell in your mouth, and you're like, it's salty, and you're like, I I know I can't swallow this, but like I'm okay okay. with it. I'm okay with it. Hundred percent agree. Okay, great. Um, How about three, uh, three books that, in fact, you wrote instead of who we thought wrote it. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, um, Let's go with... um, (laughs) No, Caitlin, don't say Mein Kampf. Nobody thinks (laughs) Hitler jokes are funny, Caitlin. Nobody thinks that. Nobody at all. Um, Also, the color purple is a very inappropriate choice, Caitlin. Get your head in the game. This Uh, is a wonderful what not to do. How about uh, oh, I love it. uh how about we'll go with um we'll go with uh <gasps> Gunstrings and Steel. Let's just go ahead and assert that I had the original theory of how everything developed. Everywhere. Wait, what did you what did you say? Gun Jared Diamond's Gunstrings and Steel. 
Um, any college student listening probably has it on their shelf. I'm sad to say, not only did I not read it in college, but it I is an incredibly it. poorly oh, edited, but um, excellently, uh, it's well conceived, poorly edited, in my opinion. Uh, but it's sort of a cool idea about uh, how knowledge was distributed around the world, how we how things wound up the way they are now, where biology meets history. And this science. sounds like uh, something yeah. I should Where science know more meets about. Politics. It's a good one. Um, and again, it's, it's not, in my opinion, not a real page turner, okay. but um, definitely uh, the thesis is very compelling yeah. uh, and cool to think about. Okay. All um, right. So I, I, and you I'll wrote it. Go there. Possibly. I wrote you know, I wrote Possibly. that. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's go with uh, Blubber. Let's go with I also wrote Blubber. Um, that Judy Bloom? Yeah, that's Judy. Oh, well, I mean, it was me. Well, good old JB, um, yeah. Uh, but I ghost, right? CG. I ghost, right? Right, right, right. You did oh. her a big service on that one. But, you know, it's the least I could do. Yeah. Um, and how about, um, oh man, this is harder than it should be. Uh, I want to go classic literature somehow. Sure, sure. Um, oh, let's let's go with the Christmas. No, uh, let's. Uh, the, what's the uh, the orphany one? I was going to say Oliver Twist, but clearly I haven't read that, so I feel like that. I, I couldn't. What I other one? I like uh, Great Expectations type. Yeah, thing? Great Expectations That's is the one I want. That's a good one. Um, marvelous, marvelous. Uh, okay, I'm going to jump into uh, crushes. Um, sure. Can represent any any arc of your life, but uh, three people that you would um, enjoy, maybe you know, going on a date with, or spending your life with this imaginary world, uh, or having sex with, or anything in between. Well, uh, I am I am uh, dating a lady. It's the first lady I've ever dated. Uh, she's great, and I feel like on the long list of lesbian activities we do that are gayer than gay sex. Um, <laughs> one of them would definitely be including her name in a mash list where I could have anybody in any world, uh, real or not. quite wonderful. That's so gay, though. That's so this sweet. so gay, though. It's so uh, sweet. But yeah, we'll, we'll, throw, we'll, we'll throw one Kelly on there. Okay. We'll just put a Kelly on there. Great, um, great. Because again, that's... The other thing, we look at every dog. We look at all of the dogs. Mm, so great. we look at every dog. We gush over every dog. I love it. We name every dog. I love it. Uh, mentally dress every dog, not undress. <laughs> we we dress in those dogs. Uh, and uh, let's see, um, fantasy crushes. These ones I should be far more prepared for. Uh, it's super okay not to be. Oh my god, though. Um, let's get political with it. Ooh. Uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I was gonna. Maybe say. I misunderstood who you are. <laughs> it's possible I was wrong about who you are. Um, how about Noam Chomsky? Mm. I just want him to talk to me, and then I want to blow his mind. Great, great. And then one more of those. One more of those. Let's just get hunky, though. Anybody. Yeah, get hunky with it. Because why not? Um, what do I just straight up want to mount? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I always forget. Who's super tall? Oh, one yeah, gangly mm-hmm. giant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice gangly giant. Conan O'Brien. Gangly giant. Um, <laughs> God, it was amazing meeting Conan and being <laughs> like so wearing, wearing like three inch heels, <laughs> where I'm now six two, oh, and Bill being Murray. like, oh, he's definitely. Oh, great one, great one, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, three, uh, three fictional best friends. Could be mother figure, father figure, just a buddy figure uh, from anything. From it could be you know Archer, it could be uh, 
sure. Mary Poppins. It could be um, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it could could it be Jesus though? Could it? Probably not. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go with. Uh, oh man, who do I super want to cook? All of the Powerpuff Girls. Great. Um, how about um, um, um? Have you watched My Little Pony? Not the new one. Yeah, me neither. I remember. Like, I feel like I, I vaguely n- remember the old one. Yeah, I feel like not- I have a sense of why the whole Brony thing is a thing. And I tried to watch that documentary on Bronies, and I unfortunately the clips that they show from the show, I still don't get it. Like I, I <clears throat> they don't show. I don't think they do a good job of showing whatever it is that's like drawing people in that are you know college age and older young men. Because I walked away from half the documentary a not interesting not interested in finishing it but b going like i totally respect it i still don't get it i don't get it like it didn't unlock anything for me i don't know i i mean community everybody's searching for that top of maslow's hierarchy yeah acceptance sure maybe that's the maybe that's the only motivation we need i don't know sure 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 i don't know (laughs) okay powerpuff girls uh, other fi- uh, other real or fictional people that would be my best friends. Yeah. Um, shit. Uh, ah, ah. This I ju- I yeah. just at the top of the show. I love the things that are where I have to think. I be under pressure. <laughs> I'm so good at that. That's really yeah, where but I you're shine. Not really on stage. Yeah. That's. But if I had brought uh, in a, a group microphone, of people, yeah. I probably would have been acing this. But uh, 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 how much of this in the podcast can you just layer this noise over everything? Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Constant drone. I think to me it always feels decision. longer to the person that's having the problem making a decision. But at this point, everyone has taken so long with mash i like to think this is the time where like somebody like quickly answers an email at work oh yeah or perfect. they go pee yeah. but they still are listening because they're yeah, like ah, it's okay i don't have to give it my fine. full focus they can to... multitask because i yeah uh, right now you're thinking is like the comforting sound of mystery science theater 3000 in the background oh, if of these only people's i lives. could provide that service yeah that's the least uh that's like the most that's the highest thing that i could aspire to yeah um but other best friends that i oh murphy brown um, great, great, great. Duh, of course. Murphs. Of course. Uh, and then maybe, um, 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 oh man, who do I start? Oh, fucking get Eleanor Roosevelt, dude. There you go. There you go. She was there all along. You just didn't realize it. So I have a cat. Her name is Eleanor. Uh, I'm getting a tattoo Adorable. of that cat posed as the Eleanor Roosevelt monument, uh, <laughs> dressed in a signature Caitlin outfit. Perfection. Uh, I'm super excited about it. That's it's everything. It's everything all put together. That's, that's everything all put together. That's, that's how I'm. I'm Where on your body is that going? It's going to be the forum, which is a bold great. choice. But bold I choice. am. Uh, great. I'm not. I'm not taking the choice lightly, and I'm going to an accomplished artist. So hopefully, it'll be a that's stunning great. piece, uh, easily covered by any nude sleeve casting agents listening. Sure, so. sure. That and like, I've really just decided that I fully embrace tattoos i mean i my, myself I have one removed so i really shouldn't say because now i don't have any at all but i was just thinking about like in terms of us just talking about the primming of our future mm-hmm. um and how people are like listen you are it's gonna we're all gonna look like such idiots walking around with our loose skin I'm with so covered excited. in tattoos i was like i have really no problem with that at all like i really don't tattoos i just think are great like who i don't have any I'm so in. Who can't? Like, I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. 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 It's for me, it's. I got one at 20, one at 30, another one later. Like, I have a few, and there were timestamps. And I'm so glad I know that person that was that person. Absolutely. I travel pretty light. I don't keep a lot of stuff. 
but these are I, I choose moments of punctuation in yeah. life uh, and tattoos are a great way to do that I totally uh, understand I appreciate that very much um, well that makes me want to ask a question about tattoos somehow um, three tattoos that you wouldn't ever get but that would be really funny oh um, three funny tattoos uh, sure. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I mean, people have it, but that little the pube lawnmower guy, the little great, guy lawnmowering your pubes. Great. I actually think that's really funny. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a Calvin and Hobbes strip where Calvin makes a snowman on a ridge. Like uh-huh. he, it's not quite a snowman. It's more like the top of a snow head and four little snow fingers. Uh-huh. It looks like kind of a giant pulling Brilliant. himself up. So yeah. I'd probably get that yep. near the butt region, like great. the butt snowman, like appearing over your pant line. Love it uh, or whatever. And I actually did uh, at one point consider uh, getting the army of ants tattoo where your whole foot's just ants and then the ants kind of crawl up your leg into little individual ants which Ant is army. terrible who does that yeah, all the I don't people know, did that and it's also awesome it. but uh yeah yeah it's like the b sharps it's the kind of thing where you see it once then it's less funny every time you see it <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's exactly right uh well you're gonna have one of these immortalized on your fake uh mash body so this Sweet. is gonna be great and then um let's finish it out with uh three places that you have uh your second home your vacation home oh our vacation home anywhere in the world or in the world of fantasy in the world of fantasy in the world of fantasy um okay well let's uh let's uh okay i want i want my fantasy home is like a viewing box of the throne in Westeros, but like nobody can come in or touch oh me. Oh my! Okay. Because uh, I don't. I want to play the Game of Thrones, but I don't want to die, or I want to watch it being played. So a Westeros viewing box. Got it. We'll go with that uh, for in, in fantasy terms. Um, and then the entire I, I would anywhere in Belize. I'd go anywhere in Belize. Great. Belize City's a little gritty, but you know I'll okay. live. Right. Um, uh, and then how about? Uh, one more fantastic. Let's just bait this. Let's see if I can. Uh, I mean, let's let's live a little dangerous. Yeah, uh, Sochi. One in Sochi. Let's do it. God, I was reading about those oh, man. hotels. It's. Did you hear? The, I, it, they all sound like jokes. It sounds like all. There's pranks. a building that's half done, so they just put a tarp over that building and then painted the tarp. I mean, the building. <laughs> I, I just picture everybody getting it's to Sochi so and somebody terrible. at the front of the lines getting there and being like, we're going to have to turn around and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> poor Russians hoping oh, that a toll booth no. will slow them down. I know. It's really, the list of, of reports coming in is, it sounds made up. It sounds like there's no possible way that's a real thing. That's just someone pranking you. These people are pranking us, but they're not. It's, it's totally real. Okay, um, tell me... One, two, stop. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Pausing this. Calculating future. Undeniable. 100% guaranteed future. This is happening. Is on its way momentarily. This is straight happening. Honey, we might be getting married. That's right. We did it. I'm so excited. We did it. What's Um, my future? Okay. First of all, always tough to decide where to start, but I want to tell you, you know what? I'm just going to rip the bandaid off for Kelly. Kelly, I'm sure that you have a very bright future uh, with Caitlin, so I don't want you to worry about this. I feel like this person can fit in because this person is, um, 
this person, you know, he's a bit of a, like a, a loose cannon himself. He's a bit of a wanderer. Sometimes he shows up for where he's supposed to be. Sometimes he sometimes doesn't show doesn't. up. Uh, he's, 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 he marches the beat of his own drum. I feel like this is not a situation where he's going to get in the way of anything. He's just going to enhance, and that's Mr. Bill Murray. Well, I mean, I think she'd be okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, however it evolves. Maybe it just evolves that, like, you guys just hang out all the time. And it's not <laughs> even sexual. Who knows? Uh, but he's definitely in the picture. Uh, very, very funny for me to imagine him being in the picture alongside your best friends, the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> very nice dichotomy there. Uh, really covering a lot of ground when you have both of those people in your life. Um, both of those sets There's of people. There's literally nothing I can't do with that set of allies. Not only that, I, not only that, I but you're all I can take, I can like save every part. I, I could save the world in every party. That's yes, what I was trying to you say. You could save the world in every party. Also... If you ever need to switch over into your alter ego, Pam from Archer, you also have that going for you. Yeah! There's a lot I'm really scoring of good stuff here. going this here. A lot man. of good I'm, stuff oh, going here. Feels real good. Um, and I don't know who, if you're yourself or if you're Pam or if you've got Bill with you or Powerpuff Girls or what, but when you bicycle down the Verruckt water slide, <laughs> that's going to be like an adventure to remember. I hope somebody films that. <laughs> I hope somebody so films bright. that. Because um, that's something you're going to look back fondly on uh, and maybe even take a break from watching what's going on uh, as you observe the throne of Westeros from your viewing box. But your viewing box is actually a mansion. Can you imagine when Pam shows up in Westeros? (laughs) Nobody's going to know what to do. Dude, Joffrey ain't going to know what hit him. Ain't nobody going to know what's up. How you going to keep him back in Westeros? Oh, man. But like the fact that you're in a mansion, because you did end up with a mansion. It's like from any point in your mansion you can you know check in and see what's going on there is pretty great um you also uh took time out from your busy schedule to write uh guns what is it guns germs and steel guns germs and steel sweet um and uh i can only imagine that you that's like a a lot of the stuff that you've got going on it's kind of like a bit you're very busy busy processes riding this bicycle down this uh water slide hanging that out didn't with take girls riding they take a lot of water energy. slide that that was just that well, maybe you did 4. It a bunch of times. maybe you wrote it back up again oh my god that Listen, would take many know. days <laughs> we don't know i just want you to know that you can rest assured that you have all of the healthy energy you need straight from your pasta carbonara <laughs> whenever <laughs> yeah. you need a kick in pasta Positive, healthy, 100% benefits to your health in every way. No ramifications. So, pasta, I mean, carbonara. carbonara. as Pam with Bill Murray. That's correct. In Westeros. That's correct. Uh, with, uh, while I'm penning, a tome that explains the distribution oh, of yes. both wealth and essentially uh, 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 and like mineral and intellectual property. Yes. Oh, That's yes. what I'm up to? That's my jam? That's what you're up to. And While finally, I'm riding my bike down the Verruckt. perhaps your greatest accomplishment Ooh. is your Ant Army tattoo. Yeah! <laughs> it's my Ant Army! That's my minions! they all up on my feet! they crawl on my legs! Your Ant Army, the same the person that did all of these things, was like, I should probably get I some ants probably, on my You know feet. what I need? Yeah. Hey, Bill, how would you feel? Yeah. If I tattooed an ant army on my foot. Super into it. Super into it. Everybody's on board. I'll tell you what, this has been a joy. 
this pleasure was, and this a joy. Really I want to uh, thank you. You have a great podcast. It's so cool. I mean, it's just the best, coolest Aww. ladies. Um, people I'm bummed I didn't know about before I heard them on your podcast, but I'm really glad I knew about them no, afterwards. So thank you very That's much. That's the best compliment you could give um, me. Well, I mean it. So thanks tons for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you in 50 more shows at Sketchfest yes, as we round out. I only out. have 72 more. In do the you next have how many? Days. What do you have left this weekend? Are uh, you? I actually you had, had a bunch of business. I can't believe yes. I uh, went for an hour and didn't talk about the business. I have a show called The Business that I do here in San Francisco every week. And uh, there's one in New York. There's one coming back to LA. So we are uh, it's a, a great, it's a great entity. show. You guys um, put together a great show. Yeah. it's five, We now have five regulars. So you see us every week. And then we have one or two guests. But I call it the Artisan Sausage Factory. It's where you go to see the good meat being made. You know it's, what it uh, is. It's Five Guys Burgers. It's Five Guys. It's, <laughs> it's Five Guys Burgers of comedy. That's There are no peanuts. But it is in yeah. every other way quite similar. Yeah. Um, well, it's a show I love, and it's uh, the best thing I've ever been a part of, creatively or personally. It. It's just a terrific organization. Um, but we, we've been a part of Sketchfest for a couple of years. We have a show coming up tomorrow. Um, and by which the way, this matter. is but it is coming out. This oh, will tonight. come out oh, that's late right. tonight. Uh, that's awesome. So um, thir- this will come out on Thursday. Come, it's every Wednesday. Uh, and if you're yeah. in New York or LA, it's also ever. It's you can also see us there. Um, and uh, also, I'm going to do uh, on Sunday night. I will be at the Right Spot, the last night of the fest. I will yeah. do some. Stand- stand-up comedy at a cool little venue uh, closing night y'all closing night you still have time to get out to the festival um uh thanks to everybody who has attended thus far thanks oh and it's to you amazing. for bringing great comedy yeah, thanks to you for and um it's should, I, should people holidays. be following you like on twitter oh, yeah. or i'm like uh, on twitter at robot caitlin at robot uh, caitlin you can me at caitlin is tall because i am tall she is guys uh, there's no denying yeah. it Excellent. CaitlinGill.com, even. CaitlinGill.com! Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.